My name's John Redmond from First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, and I want to thank you for joining us today on Peace by Believing. And on today's program, we're going to be thinking about how God reveals Himself to us. Now, what we're going to be listening to today is part of a sermon that I preached several months ago at our church. In fact, I preached this sermon on the Sunday morning before Christmas. And so we're going to be hearing part of a Christmas sermon today. And I know you're probably thinking, we're a long way from Christmas. Why would we be listening to a Christmas sermon? Well, one reason is we could use a little bit of Christmas all year long. And another reason is this sermon, I think, helps us to answer the question how God reveals himself to us in a very practical way. And what I tried to do in this sermon was to compare the way that God revealed himself at Bethlehem to the way God reveals himself to us today. So you kind of have to use your imagination. You have to use your brain. You think about, okay, what happened at Bethlehem? What happened with the birth of Jesus? How was God revealing himself then? And then How does God reveal himself to us today? So I think it'll be interesting. I hope it'll be helpful and encouraging to you. And above all, I pray that you'll be blessed by this sermon. Thanks for joining us today. You know, one of my favorite Christmas songs is the old carol, The First Noel. You guys know that song, The First Noel? The angel did say was to certain poor shepherds in fields where they lay and so on. But every year at Christmas time, when we start singing The First Noel, I never can remember what Noel means. And so... I look it up each year, and I remind myself, and I did it again this year. Well, one day I said to my little niece and nephew, eight and six years of age, I said, do you guys know what Noel means? Y'all sung the song, The First Noel, and they looked at me, and they said, no, we don't know what Noel means. I said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. If you can find out what Noel means, I will give each of you $100. I said, but there's a stipulation to this. You can't ask your parents to help you. You've got to, and in my mind, I envision them going to the library, getting a book, doing some research. (laughs) Didn't happen. They got one of their parents' phones and said, Siri, what does Noel mean? (laughs) And just like that, I was out 200 bucks. So now if you ask Siri what Noel means, what she's going to say is Noel means Christmas. And she's right on that. But when I was doing a little deeper research than what my niece and nephew did, I learned that originally Noel was a Latin word, and it literally meant birthday. Time went by, and that word came into the French language, and in French it came to mean Christmas. It came to the English language from the French language, and so to us it means Christmas. So when we sing the first Noel, the angel did say, what we're saying is the first Christmas the very first, the literal birthday of Jesus Christ, the angel announced that the Messiah had been born. So as we think about Christmas, and that's what we're all thinking about now, we're thinking about that time in history when God came to earth in the form of a little bitty baby. He revealed himself to us by coming to our planet, by taking on our skin and and having a physical body. And so if you want to know what God's like, all you have to do is look to the person of Jesus Christ. At that very first Christmas, 
God revealed himself to us. Now, I've been thinking about that. God revealed himself to us at Christmas in the person of Jesus Christ. This is God in the flesh. That's what that word incarnation means. It means God in the flesh. It's not just that God sent his son. It's that God himself became a baby. He became one of us. And so I got to thinking, okay... 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, God revealed himself to us. God became a baby so we would know what he is like. And here was my question. How does God reveal himself to us today? In other words, if God wants to speak to you about something, how is God going to go about revealing himself to you? When God convicts a person to be saved, we saw many baptized earlier. How did God reveal himself to those people? So they would know they needed to get saved. How did God reveal himself to you? And how does God reveal himself to me? How did I know that I needed to get saved? Well, God revealed himself to me and God made that clear. But how does God do that? He's not going to be born again in Bethlehem. But how does God reveal himself to us today? Well, if you'll open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, I want us to think about that. Because what I want to do in this message is to compare how God revealed himself in Bethlehem with his coming to the earth, and how he reveals himself to us today. And I just want to make some simple observations about that. First of all, I think it's important that we see that sometimes, in fact, maybe it's most of the time, God reveals himself to people slowly and gradually. Slowly and gradually, we think about the birth of Jesus, and we see a a slow and a gradual revealing of himself to us. For example, in the Old Testament... We read prophecies about the birth of Jesus Christ, the birth of the Messiah. Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 7, this is probably 700 years before Christ was born. He said, in essence, one day a virgin will give birth to a baby and that will be the sign to you. A virgin giving birth. That's the cue. That's the sign that the Messiah is coming from her. About 200 years after that, the prophet uh, Micah said this Messiah not only will be born of a virgin, but the Messiah will be born in a little town called Bethlehem. And so prophecies had been made about the birth of Jesus hundreds of years before they ever came to pass, which says to us, sometimes God reveals himself slowly and gradually. It didn't happen immediately. It's not like Isaiah said, a virgin will give birth to the Messiah, and then the next day that happened. No, it took 700 years. And so sometimes that's how God does in our life. Think back to the time in your life when you were saved. Most of us, when we got saved, when we received Christ, now there would certainly be exceptions to this, but in most cases, a person doesn't get saved the first time they hear the gospel. In other words, a person comes to church, maybe they've never heard about Jesus, they don't know anything about the good news of salvation, and they begin to hear that God came to the earth in the form of a baby. He lived a sinless life. He died on a cross one day, a sacrificial death to pay for the sins of the world. He was buried. He rose again. He ascended back to the Father. One day he's coming back to earth. That's the gospel in a nutshell. And so a person hears that for the first time, and they think, could it be true? Could it be that somebody died on a cross for me 2,000 years ago, taking upon his shoulders my sins, shedding his blood so that my sins could be washed away? Is it true? Is it possible? Could it be that God has made a way for my past to be erased? 
for everything that I've done wrong to be wiped off the record? Is it possible that God would never hold those sins against me? Is it possible that God would give me a new beginning? Is it possible one day when I come to die that I can do it with no fear, knowing that when I do, I'll step out into the presence of God? And so a person hears the gospel, they hear that story, and they begin to think, is it possible? Is it true? Could that apply to me? And they keep coming to church, or maybe they start reading their Bible, and they just keep getting that message over and over, and they think about it, and they process it. And there comes a time, and there comes a place when that person receives Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, certainly, you can get saved the first time you hear the gospel message, and and some people do. But I think for the most part... Salvation, just like natural birth, involves a a process. There is conception, there is gestation, and then there is actual birth. In the spiritual life, it's very similar. There is conception. That is when the Word of God and the Spirit of God come together in the human heart, the seed has been planted, and then the person begins to think about the ramifications of what they have heard. And so a spiritual gestation process begins to take place. And that person begins to process it. And then out there one day, there is spiritual birth where that person comes to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so what I'm saying is sometimes God reveals himself to us slowly and gradually. Not just at the point of salvation. Many times in life we're praying about something. God give me wisdom. God show me what to do. God, reveal your will to me. I'm not sure which direction I should go. And we pray and nothing happens. And we ask God what to do and he doesn't tell us. And so we keep praying and we keep asking. And eventually in time, slowly, gradually, progressively, little by little, here God shows us this, here God reveals that. God may not show us all things at the same time, but God in the process of time makes his will clear to us. What I'm saying to you today is what was true in the prophecies and the birth of Jesus, how he was born, he came into the world slowly and gradually, that's how God reveals himself to us today. And so today, if you're seeking God on some matter, God, what do you want me to do? And God hasn't answered that prayer yet. God hasn't made it clear to you today. Keep praying. Keep seeking. Keep asking your friends and family. Keep seeking that godly counsel. And God slowly and gradually will make it clear to you. Does that make sense? Say amen. So sometimes that's how God reveals himself to us. Sometimes, though, it's just the opposite. Sometimes God reveals himself to us not slowly and gradually, but suddenly and unexpectedly. Now, this is the person who comes to church, and they've never heard the gospel, and they hear it, and right there, they get saved. Here's a person who's praying, God, should I take this job or that job? God, should I do this or that? They're praying, and man, right there, just like that, God answers that question, and God reveals it. Now, as we study and think about the birth of Jesus the coming of God to the earth, we see that not only was there a slow and gradual aspect to that, but for some people, the coming of Christ and the re- God revealing himself, it happened very suddenly and it happened very unexpectedly. Look, for example, down in verse number uh, of Luke chapter 2 and in verse number 8. We think about the shepherds out in the flock tending their sheep and doing what you would expect shepherds to do. They were kind of minding their own business. They might not have been thinking a whole lot about God on this particular night, or maybe they were, but they didn't have any idea what they were about to hear. It says, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. 
Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Verse 11, one of the great verses in the whole Christmas story. Maybe the greatest verse. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. And so as these shepherds were out doing their shepherdly duties, they're tending to their responsibilities, to their flock, An angel comes and gives the message that the Savior of the world has been born. For them, the revelation of God was sudden. It was quick. It was unexpected. They weren't thinking about the Savior of the world being born on that day, and yet he indeed was. And sometimes God does it that way for us today. He speaks suddenly. He speaks unexpectedly. He speaks when we're not not thinking that anything's about to happen. Out of the blue, sometimes God does that. Not only did this happen for the shepherds, but look back in chapter 1, beginning in verse 39, we actually see that before Jesus was even born in Bethlehem, that on one occasion, his mother Mary left Nazareth, where they lived, and went to visit her relative Elizabeth. Remember, Elizabeth had become pregnant in, in, an old, in, 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 in an old age with John the Baptist. And so Elizabeth was six months ahead of Mary. John the Baptist was six months older than Jesus. But when Mary found out that her relative had become pregnant at such an old age, she left Nazareth and she travels to find into Judea to go to, to Elizabeth's house. And look what happened. This is very interesting in verse 39. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. So now Mary, now she's pregnant with Jesus now, but she's just walked in this house. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so John the Baptist who was three months away from being born. This tells you that that life begins at conception, not at birth. Three months away from being born, when Mary, with Jesus, came into the room where Elizabeth was carrying John the Baptist, John, infant John, in the womb of his mother, recognized Jesus. And he leapt within her. And it says in verse 42, Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the sound of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And so when Mary and the unborn Jesus walked through the front door of Zechariah and Elizabeth's house... The unborn John the Baptist recognized Jesus, and he began to leap. He began to kick. He began to jump around in his most. It's an amazing thing that the presence of Jesus Christ is so real that when he was yet unborn, another baby yet unborn would recognize his presence. It's an amazing thing. Two years ago, Christmas was on Sunday. And so we had a service just like this on Christmas Sunday. Great crowd, and it was a wonderful thing, and great music. And I preached the sermon that morning, and at the end, I gave the invitation. And I looked this up last night just to try to remember the number, because I remembered that a lot of people made decisions for the Lord that day. 
on Christmas Day, two years ago, after the sermon was given, the invitation was given, 14 people made decisions for Jesus Christ. It was a wonderful thing. And so, as all these people were coming, we just kept singing the invitation song over and over. And at some point, you know, after we've sung a song a few times, I'll just finally default to Jesus Loves Me, right? Because that's the one I really like. And I said, Jimmy, can we sing Jesus Loves Me a couple times through? And we sang Jesus Loves Me, and people kept coming. Well, we had a young couple in our church. They're still in our church now. But at that time, they were expecting a little baby boy. And the mother-to-be was seven months pregnant. And so that particular day, she just didn't feel quite up to coming to church. So they were watching the service on streaming. They were home. And she's sitting in front of her uh, television or computer watching the service, watching these people come down and we're singing, Jesus Loves Me. And she texts me later that day. She said, John, today during church... When y'all started singing Jesus Loves Me over and over again, she said, my little son started kicking like crazy inside of my stomach. She said, I thought that song would never end. (laughs) She didn't say that, but she probably thought that. She said, because when y'all were singing Jesus Loves Me, there was something happening on the inside of me. My little baby recognized recognized the name Jesus. Something happened. Friend, I'm saying to you today, Jesus Christ is so powerful that when he had not even been born, he was recognized by somebody who had not even been born. And see, what's true naturally is true spiritually. Jesus Christ is so powerful that when we begin to share him with others, when God begins to reveal him to somebody else, even before a person is spiritually born again, that person recognizes in their heart and in their mind something about Jesus is different than anybody else. It's interesting. I was thinking as I was working on this sermon last week about the power when Jesus just comes through, when somebody just carries Jesus. He didn't even walk through the door himself. Mary carried him into Elizabeth's house. But when Jesus is carried into somebody's house, there's a power in that. This past Monday, we had a funeral here at the church for one of the most faithful and godly men that I've ever known. He's been such a blessing to me, such a blessing to my dad and mom and to my whole family. But Jim Wright went to be with the Lord just a few days ago, and we had his service last uh, Monday. Jim's, Jim's wife, Nancy, worked in the church office for close to 30 years. She was such a blessing, one of the ministry assistants there. And so when it came time to plan the service for Jim... I was meeting with the family, and and we were talking about that. And and one of their sons, Link, who's here today with his family, uh, Link said, John, I want to tell you a story about my dad. And I'm sharing all this by permission. Of course, he actually shared this story publicly at his dad's service on Monday. It's powerful. He said, John, did you remember that my dad... Was a, had a real problem with alcohol before he got saved? Did, did you know that part of his story? She, he said, because my dad actually got saved before your dad became pastor here. But he said, I'm just curious, did, did you know that part of the story? And when Link said that to me, I said to him, well, you know, now that you mention it, I think I had heard that. But to be honest with you, I had forgotten that part of your dad's story because your dad was such a godly man and he just was so faithful serving the Lord and coming to church. When I saw him, he had been so completely delivered from alcohol that I, was, I never even thought about the fact that he used to have a problem. He said, well, let me tell you what happened. And this is what Link shared in the chapel last Monday morning. He's talking about his dad. He said, in 1976... He said, my dad and mom were home one evening, and somebody came to the front door. In fact, two ladies from First Baptist Church came to the front door, rang the doorbell, 
Jim and Nancy opened the door and the ladies introduced themselves and they said, we're here today from First Baptist here in Pasadena and we're just trying to deliver as many Bibles as we can to this community, similar to what we've done in the Jerusalem Project where we went to over 47,000 homes. Well, back in the 70s, they were doing something very similar to that and they said, we're just trying to deliver as many Bibles as we can to everybody in the area and we've come to your house and we'd like to just give you this Bible. And so Jim and Nancy said, well, come in, come in, we'd, we'd like to hear, hear what you've got going on there. So they told them about that. And long story short, they explained to Jim and Nancy about God and about salvation and about how Jesus can change your life. They had no idea that at that time Jim was really battling alcohol seriously. And, and so they, they presented the gospel that night. Now get this in your mind. These two ladies, when they walked through the front door of that house, they were carrying Jesus into that house. Now, they, Mary carried him in, in her womb, but they were carrying Jesus into that house. And they left the Bible. And Link said, you know, that was an amazing thing. And he said, it was just such a good visit. He said, but two weeks later, one of the most amazing memories of my entire childhood happened. He said, at the time, I was only 12 years old, but I never will forget what happened. He said, one night, we were all home as a family. And he said, I walked in the kitchen, and I noticed my dad standing in front of the kitchen sink. And my dad had all these big bottles of liquor, alcohol and whatever else he drank. And he said, my dad was just pouring that liquor, that alcohol, right down the sink. And I said, dad, what are you doing? You're pouring everything down the sink. And he said to his son, he said, you know what, Link? He said, Jesus Christ has saved me. Jesus Christ has changed me. Jesus Christ has delivered me from alcohol, and I don't need this anymore in my life. And from that moment till the time he died, Jim Wright was 43 years clean and sober because Jesus Christ has changed his life. Suddenly and unexpectedly. See, he and Nancy were home that night eating dinner, watching the Wheel of Fortune, doing whatever you do at night at about 6.30. And here came two ladies, but they were carrying Jesus into the house. And Jesus Christ changed their life. See, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes God reveals himself slowly and gradually. Will he ever make it clear? At other times, God reveals himself suddenly and unexpectedly, and there can be no mistake about it. Well, those do seem to be the different ways that God reveals himself to us today. Sometimes he does it slowly and gradually. It doesn't happen as quickly as we wish it would. But sometimes God reveals himself to us suddenly and unexpectedly. And you know, it may be even today that as you're listening to this broadcast that God is speaking to you. Maybe you have heard the gospel many times, the good news about Jesus Christ, but you have never received Him to be your Lord and to be your Savior. And so there's been a process of time leading up to today, and yet it might be that today, suddenly and unexpectedly, you get saved. The fact is, when you woke up this morning, you might not have been thinking about God, the Bible, Jesus, getting saved, being forgiven of your sins. None of that was on your mind. But here you are listening to this program in your automobile, in your home, some other place, maybe in your office, and God is speaking to you, and God is suddenly and unexpectedly revealing himself to you today. And so I would say, if you have a desire in your heart to receive Jesus Christ, if you would like to know for sure that your sins are forgiven and that heaven is your home, I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. And you can pray this prayer wherever you are. It says in the Bible, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that little word, all, 
It really is a small word, but it includes everybody, and it includes you. And if you'll pray this prayer, you can be saved right now if you'll mean it with all your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, I need to be saved. I ask you now, come into my heart, forgive my sins, and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me, Jesus, and I trust you to do it. Welcome to my heart, Lord. Thank you that you'll never leave me. Begin now to make me the person you want me to be. In your name I pray. Amen. And friend, if you prayed that prayer, I want to say congratulations. God heard you. God has answered your prayer. And today has become the day of your salvation. I would encourage you to go to our website at peacebybelieving.org. That's peacebybelieving.org. And just kind of scroll through there. We have some helpful resources. We have sermons podcast that you can listen to. They're about 25 minutes long. And then there's some helpful booklets that you can read too that will help you to take your next step in your walk with God. But I want to thank you for joining us today. And if you get a chance, I wish you would contact us on that website and just let us know where you're listening from. Thanks for being with us. Have a great day.